Welcome to Judgment Free with your host, Dr. Mike Gillen. Judgment Free is a podcast that's building a judgment-free community of grace through honest and open spiritual conversations. The participants joining Dr. Mike on Judgment Free are not aware of the agenda for each episode. We are capturing participants' honest reactions and thoughts in real time. And now, Judgment Free. Hi, I'm Mike Gillen, and this is Judgment Free. Judgment Free is a podcast and YouTube show that is building a judgment-free community of grace through honest and open spiritual conversations. With me today are Kaylee McGlasson, Taylor Bass, and Brittany Estes. Hi, Kaylee. Hello. Hi, Taylor. Hi there. Brittany, welcome. You're a guest with us today. Hello. I'm happy to be here. Good to have you for another episode (laughs) of Judgment Free. We've been talking about the book Unchristian, What a New Generation Really Thinks About Christianity and Why It Matters. It's co-authored by David Kinneman and Gabe Lyons. It was published in 2007, but it's Words continue to be relevant to our world today. And Christian is a book that makes a lot of thought-provoking observations about the way outsiders to church see the church and Christianity in America. So we were talking um, in a previous episode about different ways that Christians and evangelical Christians especially are perceived negatively, in part because of experiences, bad experiences that have happened to uh, people who are now considering themselves to be outsiders. One of the most, uh, the authors write, one of the most surprising insights from our research, the research, by the way, was done in 2006, is that the growing hostility toward Christians is very much a reflection of what outsiders feel they receive from believers. They say their aggression simply matches the outsized opinions and egos of Christians. One outsider put it this way, Most people I meet assume that Christian means very conservative, entrenched in their thinking, anti-gay, anti-choice, angry, violent, illogical, empire builders. They want to convert everyone, and they generally cannot live peacefully with anyone who doesn't believe what they believe. There's a lot in that. It's actually two quotes. It's a lot in that. Let me stick with the first part. Maybe I should have just read the first part. The part about how there's a growing hostility towards Christians, which reflects how outsiders feel they are received by believers and how Christians are are acting towards people who don't go to church. We talked about that some in the previous episode with Brittany about how Christians often post things on social media that seems to reflect a very hostile attitude towards anything that isn't doesn't fit into what that particular Christian believes is right. Are we getting anywhere with all this? Do you think yeah. the authors oh, have picked yeah. up on something? Oh, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. I think they're ahead of their time, honestly, in 2006 <laughs> yeah. or seven. this was released. It sounds like it, you know, here's the, okay, so from my perspective, it sounds like that they're ahead of their time. Mm-hmm. But I can remember growing up in the 80s, seeing some of this happening, even in youth groups that I grew mm-hmm. up in, that there was this this growing kind of, and we were, and then when I, cut, fast forward to when I was in seminary, and we're talking about how to reach out to people who are in that boomer generation. And then my first few years of ministry, we're worried we, we're not catching the people who are now having kids and they're not coming to church that much, and there's something something not quite right. And so you're essentially you're saying this, Taylor, that they seem these authors, um, uh, Kinneman and Lyons, seem like they're ahead of their time, when they actually probably a lot of their observations were being made 
in different ways in the late 90s even by other people, but they came and started researching things. And so it's interesting. It's that I think that shows just how relevant they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you when it seems like they certainly um, were ahead of everybody else in that time. So many people were not thinking like they were. So that's interesting you're saying that, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What is it about, um, how is it that people who c- would be considered as outsiders have such perceived Christian, what are, how are Christians hostile, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> I've got a long list. Um, Taylor, let me ask you to be, maybe, maybe, maybe a right. succinct first step. Let's do that. Okay. Um, so I know in the last episode we were talking about evangelical, meaning sharing the good news. Right. And so I think the big disconnect with sharing the good news is not acting out the good news. So I'll use Jesus as an example. Best example, right? That's what I've heard. <laughs> right, yeah. Who did he hang out with? He hung out with the people that were being judged. And so when I see Jesus, that's how I think that's how we be Christians. Who did he choose as his disciple? Sinners. Yeah. Like they're, it's like driving me a blank now, but the, the sons of thunder or sons of, you know, sure. well, yeah. Simon, Simon yeah. and yeah, sure. And so I'm like, oh, I relate to that because, mm. <laughs> oh, I'm, I can be intense like that when I'm fighting for what's right. And mm-hmm. I'll just use one example. In college, I used to have breakfast with a Satanist and when I tell like some Christians that they're like, what? You did what? (laughs) You had breakfast with a Satanist. And I'm like, yeah, because doesn't Jesus tell me to still love them? And how am I supposed to bring them to God if I'm not loving them the way that God unconditionally loves them? And (laughs) when I see like the aggression and even comes down to things that aren't even necessarily christian or church related it can be i one of my old churches the pastor's wife uh she would you know there's this conversation that native americans aren't costumes and so she's like well i should be able to dress up my kid as an indian if i want and then it's like i've tried to explain like well we should say the word native american or when i was saying black lives matter i can't tell you the amount of christians in my thing, they're like, well, shouldn't it be all lives? I'm like, that's not what I'm saying when I say this. And then they'd found a way to attack the organization. And I was saying like, okay, yeah, people who support this organization, you know, they're looking at the leaders and like, okay, they're not the best leaders, but that's a phrase that's still okay to say. And just so much aggression, even going, I went to Pride Fest this year with my work to film videos and get social media content because I do social media for my job and I had my daughter with me my husband and my daughter with me one of those days and I had someone that I hadn't spoken to in a couple of years message me and say you know just really hurtful things and my thought was if you think that I'm first of all you don't know my relationship with God because you haven't spoken to me (laughs) I don't know how many years And second of all, do you think trying to scare me from God is going to bring me back into the church? It's like the pastors that stand on the street that are like, 
you're going to burn in hell if you don't accept repentance now or if you don't repent now. And it's like, yes, should we fear God? Yeah. But ultimately, God loves us. And that's part of the fear of him is, you know, it's like when you do something wrong and you don't want to get in trouble with your parent. You know your parent's still going to love you. But you're like, okay, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't. And so instead of being forgiven-led, they're being guilt-led. And it's like, no wonder people feel so judged by Christians because why would they believe in God if they think that, say that's a person's first time hearing the gospel. And that's not the gospel. Let's start there. But they're going to package it up and put a pretty bow on it and say it's the gospel. Mm-hmm. Why would you believe in God if that's how God's coming to you? Or you're like, why would I believe in this if he's going to let me burn in hell if I do one thing he doesn't like? So the, the aggression is just not, that's not how Jesus was. And who did he flip the tables on? The Pharisees, not the sinners. It's interesting like, yeah. that, that, Brittany, that you, um, you have had several experiences with people who know you through church mm-hmm. and, and then are trying to tell you how to live yeah. and are unhappy with the way you're living. Um, yeah. So, um, I guess what I'm wondering is, I know Kaylee, I was watching you as Brittany was talking about a kind of aggression you see um, Christians displaying towards other people. Do, um, how is that a way of defining Christians today as being very aggressive? In what ways have you seen Christians being really aggressive? Um, I mean, for me, it's it's been more of like kind of kind of similar along um, what Brittany was saying was like, um, you know, in your instance, you'd gone to a pride fest and I'm very vocal about being pro LGBTQ or pro Black Lives Matter on Facebook. And I have had Christians message me um, on Facebook, people that I went to church with or that I saw as a leader growing up and they would message me and they would say like oh well have you seen all of this stuff regarding (laughs) Black Lives Matter or the LGBTQ community and like they would send me all these like articles that were um, very agenda like I always say agenda driven because that's truly what what it comes across like what they're sending me is like it's and I think it's important to remember as well that in every single community and in every movement there's always going to be like radical like Mm -hmm. um examples of things that may not always be loving and i think that that goes for religion and that goes for these communities we're even talking about like there's always going to be in every community um or movement people that don't necessarily represent the heart of the movement but you have to learn just like with reading the bible what the truth is when in what you're reading and what the purpose in the message of um the movement or the bible may be and that being said when i was having all these christians that i grew up with sending me these articles or saying things to me like you know that's not what you learned growing up or that's you know not you know just surprised that you would support these kind of things um, to me, it was just like what Brittany had gone through of like, why are you telling me like what I'm like, I have my own relationship with, with God, um, universe, whatever I, I 
may call it differently than what other people do, but I have my own relationship and I feel I've always felt that spiritual relationship since I was a kid. And that relationship for me has always been loving, has always been accepting. And when people are coming at me telling me that I'm living incorrectly, I know I already know my truth because I know what I feel. <laughs> and for me, um, it's aggr- that's, that's the aggressiveness is I'm seeing people telling me that loving others is wrong. Okay. And yeah. that's, that's really, yeah. um, it just doesn't match up with what, even when I was in church, it doesn't match up with what I had learned or what I understood Jesus to be. And so um, it, it, that, um, especially during the COVID years, I was, you know, I wasn't, I hadn't been to church in a while before that because I was kind of really kind of questioning like what I believed to be true and, and things I was seeing on social media that was making me question things. <laughs> and during the COVID years, um, social media was my, interaction with people (laughs) and so um unfortunately uh i would get a lot of messages of things like that and that was when a lot of other things in our world was kind of going downhill and um yeah it 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 almost those those that kind of aggressiveness from christians like solidified for me that i needed to stay away from organized religion because they were all people that i grew up with in the same place. So yeah. were they so you're you're saying that you had people that you'd known through church mm-hmm. and you were posting things on social media and folks were trying to get you to renounce what you posted. Yeah. So that, that you would continue to fit into a certain structure of beliefs yeah. that they thought you should have. Yeah, like they were saying that the beliefs that I was putting out or supporting those communities was not Christian of me. And so therefore, or they would post things that um, were really like, honestly, just truly hateful. And that was, even if I didn't have an interaction with them over something they'd posted, like it, it was enough for me to sit back and reflect like, man, like, where was that disconnect? Because they're getting something way different from Christianity than I'm getting. And we were all in the same place. How did that happen? I know. I'm like, I don't get where this is coming from. Weren't we in the same sermon? So that's kind of an interesting, so, okay, so let me, let me reflect back. Taylor, you tell me what you think about this. So, um, so our whole aim behind Judgment Free, this podcast, this YouTube show, is that we're building a judgment-free community of grace through honest and open spiritual conversations. When we talk about judgment-free, we're not saying that we're taking judgment, the notion of judgment, and suspending it. Mm-hmm. We're suggesting that we are going to allow for people with different opinions to be able to talk together mm-hmm. without kicking someone out. Yes. That's what we're, that's this our is idea how it should judgment. be done. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. This is our idea. Mm-hmm. There are some interesting things you're bringing up that make me uncomfortable but for different reasons than you might think. So I understand a lot of my job at this particular, my calling at this particular place that I'm appointed to be holding together a coalition of very different kinds of people, even though they may not be, in terms of ethnicity, all that different. Mm-hmm. But in terms of where there's, how they're seeing the world. Mindset. Mm-hmm. The mindset, yes, Taylor, is very different. So... Um, as we keep moving forward and you bring things up that make me uncomfortable, I should say to you, 
whoa, you guys are nuts, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Isn't that how it's done these days? Isn't, isn't that how everybody's... <laughs> Forcing so, your you opinion. Know, yeah, so I, I think about how important it is. I, I think you all agree. It's important for us to be able to create a community where these conversations can happen and someone will feel comfortable and safe to talk mm-hmm. about what's going yeah. on with them. But my hope was that we were creating a community where all of those people who unchristian labels as outsiders to the church can, can believe they're accepted, right? Mm-hmm. So that means we have to be able to talk about those things that trigger a lot of Christians, yeah. right? Yeah. Things like Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ plus community, mm-hmm. um, issues related to poverty, different um we keep going down the line right yeah Mm -hmm. right so taylor how do i express uncomfortableness without shutting off conversation well i think that the most important thing is just laying it out before the conversation even occurs it's just obviously we've prefaced this by saying everything is going to be judgment free and we can have open conversations um and whether that's about religion or spirituality or god or a different higher power that somebody believes in you know it's important to open that up because nobody's we're not going to get anywhere if we don't and it's it's hard or it's easy to to ignore it but i think what we're doing is a good stepping stone because i would feel comfortable sitting here with somebody who is an atheist i would feel comfortable sitting here with somebody who's evangelical you know like i I think that would be super cool to see somebody's perspective and i wouldn't say i would feel comfortable with everybody but i would feel open to have that conversation because maybe they wouldn't feel comfortable with myself you know yeah yeah it's um it's an interesting thing so in my time in ministry grandparents have been saying to me the entire time my kids aren't coming to church I get them to come to church my grandkids aren't coming to church and now my great-grandkids aren't coming to church here are all these things but and it seems like this is an opportunity for us to create a community where spirituality conversations about god conversations about religion can be had with so many folks who have said the church has been harming me yeah. Um, but the, the challenge, it seems to me, is to be able to let people talk without telling them they're right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without being like at the end of it, come, you come, know, follow what I follow, you know. Come, yeah. come yeah. to my, 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 my way of being Jesus. Right. Yeah, right. I think it's, oh, oh you sorry. go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it's so important that nothing is about right or wrong from both sides. Yeah. And I think that we it's important that everyone can come sit at this table and have a conversation and maybe reflect upon themselves. I know that's something that I've even been trying to do is like reflect upon things I'm saying and going, huh, I have this bias about this. Interesting. I didn't realize that. (laughs) And that's really important for all people, whether you believe in God, whether you don't, um, whether you're from certain communities, different religions, like it's so important to know your own biases that's the number one thing you have to work on when it comes to hatred or or calling people in instead of calling people out and i think that um this table would be a great place to have people of so many different opinions 
as, as long as everyone at that table is willing to reflect upon some of their own thought processes sure. without mm-hmm. immediately throwing out their like sin or hateful or well you must be an anti whatever like you know what i mean yeah. i I, <laughs> I will say one of these quotes on here about the christian um christian means and it mm-hmm. had all those words yeah i was like oh yeah i do that i think that a lot <laughs> yeah. and i know it's not true because i my family is all christian Brittany is christian i know she's not any of that like you sure. know what i mean yeah. i know i know right. that about people but right. for some reason when i hear the word christian i immediately go to that definition sure and so that's something myself in this podcast i've had to learn about like hmm. who how do i even as an outsider kind of listen to other christians and realize like what maybe i think could be hurting them i think the whole point is how do we love one another that's what the conversation should be understanding different viewpoints and realizing where have we gone wrong and what can we do to be better people not even better christians but just better people yeah sure sure everyone goes into conversations like this well okay i don't want to say everyone but the majority of people going to conversations like this with the mindset that at the end of it, they want that person to believe what they believe. Mm -hmm. And so when it's good to have this kind of conversation where um, even just like as a pastor, like this is blowing my mind. When Kaylee told me about this podcast, I was like, your pastor is doing that? (laughs) Because so many times that we've done things like this. I'll use Black Lives Matter, for example. We had people from our old church, my husband and I, in sending those those articles. Like, that you look at it and you're like, okay, clearly this isn't a reputable news site. My background's in journalism. I know how to spot that. Um, and when we've brought that up to our pastors, it was more, it was just kind of blown off as, well, we think you both want the same thing. You just have different ways of going about it. And we're like, no, this person was clearly saying racist things. And I will exactly point out to you what's racist about these things. Um, And they just valued that church member more because they were giving more to the offering. Mm, And they won't say that, but I know it's that. Sure. And my husband was a worship leader. So you're, you're having your worship leader bring up these issues in your church where we should have a safe space to feel these things. And if somebody is harassing me in your church because they don't like what I'm saying and I'm saying like, hey, I have known about Black Lives Matter since 2014 when people were calling me names who are now marching in the streets for it right i've watched people grow and i also grew up in like a predominantly black neighborhood i'm half mexican myself my parents my dad and his family have dealt with racism so it's a deep scar for me um to see what my friends have gone through to see what my family's gone through to know like i don't know a lot of my mexican roots because it wasn't okay to be mexican in the 50s Mm -hmm. you know they were called the n-word because they were the sure. brownest people in their neighborhood. Sure. I've pointed out, we don't have any black people in our church. And it was, well, it's just the demographics of O'Fallon. I went home, looked up the demographics. Sure, lower percentage, but that doesn't mean zero percentage. 
you know? Sure. So why are, why am I the brownest person in your church? And I'm only half brown. <laughs> so, and it's like... I don't, I don't believe I saw that on the demographic studies. <laughs> yeah. I, don't think they, I don't think they break down ethnicity, half brown, Brittany. I'm just oh, yeah, yeah, half saying, brown, Brittany. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't see that. But so I see what you're saying. I'm like, there's yeah. so many issues, but yes. you're only valuing the thought processes of the people that are donating the most to your church because you don't want your church to go under, but also by doing that, aren't you saying you're not trusting God to keep you afloat? True. It's a difficult so, kind of thing, I yeah. tell you, to be a pastor. I'll just say this Yes, about, and I will say job. I will never want your job. You and the president would never want that job. I, so I'm props not, to I'm you. I'm not offering it either, so it works out perfectly. No, that's all right. Good, good, well, good, good. Listen, I tell you. You can stay employed today. Yeah. <laughs> This has been it. Well, it's good, Brittany. It's not, not up yeah, I know it's not up to me. But. No, but appreciate the. I, I appreciate the affirmation. Yes, yes. Well, You're meant is, for this. This has been another great episode of Judgment Free. Thank you three for joining me for this uh, this podcast episode. Um, this has been Judgment Free. This has been Judgment Free. Judgment Free is a podcast and YouTube program of the not-for-profit Cornerstone United Methodist Church in O'Fallon, Missouri. Thank you for joining us. Please share Judgment Free with your friends and don't forget to hit the like button. Help us build a judgment-free community of grace through honest and open spiritual conversations.